Hello and welcome to All Villa No Villa, a podcast all about Aston Villa, the world's greatest football team. Well, Villa were impressive on Saturday, but Arsenal showed why they're top of the league in a 4-2 win. More on that in a second. Plus, Frankie cooks up another one of his spicy questions. But first things first, Frankie, how are you? Well, I'm in a, you know, I'm very impressed to see that Tom Hanks turned up at Villa Park today. Oh, I tell you what, yeah, that was impressive, wasn't it? A bit of a bit of stardust on the Villa Park pitch. Yeah, how exciting was that? Meeting all the players before the game. Yeah. Um, we have a very odd array of like famous fans, don't we? Prince William randomly. Yeah. Um, apparently, the former Prime Minister David Cameron was a Aston Aston Ham West Villa West Ham Aston Villa. <laughs> he, couldn't, he couldn't work out which was which, but apparently he supports Um <laughs> And uh, yeah, Ozzy Osbourne, um, former governor of the Bank of England, Mervyn King, yes, uh, lesser known, <laughs> lesser known Villa fan, very famous, of course. Yeah, yeah. With our listeners, we all know, we all know our governors yeah. of the banks of England, don't we? And he's one of them. He's a Villa fan. Walder Frey as well, Game of Thrones. Yes, that's so right. Yeah, and um, that's right. your man who's about to win an Oscar, probably for Banshees of Inner Sharon, the the Irish actor, um, Brendan Gleeson. Yeah, him and his son Dom are both Villa fans. So I tell you, what, I tell you what, do we? Do you reckon we have? Do you reckon we have the most famous of famous fans? We've I think we're up there. To, we've got to be up there. I mean, obviously, you know, you'll you'll have a lot of people that will be supporting you, you know, United, Liverpool, the rest. Yeah. Of them, but in terms of a team of kind of our status, maybe just below that kind of, um, you know, world famous sides we surely we're, we're punching above our weight. Yeah, I'd, I think so. I mean, I think I feel like West Ham are another one. I think they had mm. like. Russell Brandon, James Corden, i.e. two of the most annoying people in the world. So That's how I see us, Frankie. I thought there's one of the <laughs> Russell Brand, James Corden of Aston Villa podcast. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Please, no. Please, God, no. Oh, 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 God. I think, you're, I think you're Russell Brand with the hair. I got the hair and the beard of Russell Brand. Oh, <laughs> yeah, God. Yeah. Oh, no. I'm, I'm going to be raving about conspiracy theories soon, aren't I? Like he does now. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, Jesus, I'm gonna do, I'll, I'll be doing. I'll be doing. You know, celebrity roasts in Hollywood for yeah. uh, terrible <laughs> celebrity roasts, and like getting banned from that Balthazar place in New York. That James Corden got kicked out. Yeah, oh, God, he's so annoying. That fake laugh he does. Oh, but uh, <laughs> with Tom Hanks, I sort of imagined him like sat there with Christian Perslow in the uh, in the exec area, and he I just imagined it being a bit like Forrest Gump, where he sat on the bench, and then like as Ollie Watkins is throwing a goal for the first goal. Like uh, Tom Hanks is just sat there going. Your life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. But yeah, with Aston Villa, you do know what you're going to get. You're going to get a bloody last-minute heartbreak. That tends to be what happens uh, when we play against the top sides, isn't it? Yeah. Well, what, what did you, what did you make of the Arsenal game then, generally speaking? Because it was a, it was a, I mean, it was a hell of a game for Tom Hanks to, to watch. He definitely got his money's worth. I thought it was actually quite a positive performance. Aston Villa have been. Um, you know, uh, much more positive under Unai Emery than we were in the Gerrard era. Uh, and I can see there's been a lot of growth, but we are conceding quite a few goals at the moment as we transition into a team that plays a bit, I don't know, more progressively, proactively at the back. We're going to make mistakes, we're going to have gaps. But ultimately, I thought Villa actually were quite compact today and had a really good performance against Arsenal, who at points in this game I thought were absolutely superb. And Villa really held their own against them. Unai Emery's post-match comments are very interesting about in-game management. I think that's something that a lot of fans have been talking about before, where Villa can sometimes be a bit naive in when where they pass the ball, where they hold on to the ball, um, just belting it away and losing possession. But uh, yeah, I thought it was ultimately a, a really positive display 
it's incredibly frustrating that Villa again have you know had a positive display against the top side and ended up losing. But in a way, I kind of thought that it the difference was you know we had our chances, they had theirs, and you compare Leon Bailey to Bukayo Saka, and Saka, I think whenever he gets the ball, you sort of just think, I think he knows, I think I think he's going to do something, I think something's going to happen here, and I think he'll be more consistent with his end product. Where and I just think he's a brilliant player, um, Saka. And Leon Bailey is a player capable of absolute brilliance, as we saw from that time he took the ball down from uh, Bubakar Kamara's ball, like high ball, and then ran on and then took that shot on, which hit the bar, which was a fabulous save from Aaron Ramsdale, pushing it up onto the crossbar, and potentially a title winning save, to be honest. And had that gone in, we may have gone on and won the game, and you know, could well have won this game. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think it was. Uh, you, you compare Villa's kind of inconsistency in attack at times with what Arsenal had, where they were just that little bit more clinical. Um, I thought Odegaard, who's been their best player of the season, I think. I think actually we sorted him out quite well first half. Mm. I think partly you could look at the the work rate of Kamara, Louise in the middle, sort of stopping him playing. Um, but second half he came much more into it. And it was just down that right side. I thought him and Saka had such a great understanding with each other. And Ben White as well, coming forward. Um, they, they cause a bit of havoc out there, don't they, those three? Um, and I think that was quite hard to stop. But ultimately, we did actually do quite a good job of it. But um, in the end, you know, uh, get that late, bloody fortuitous goal. Um, I, th- I, think it, I think it was quite a positive... I don't know if you can you ever call a loss positive. That probably was a positive loss. Is that a fair description? Yeah. Do you think? Yeah, yeah, um, yes, I, I, I think so. I think so. I think that is fair. Um, I mean, Emery afterwards was um, was far from positive. It was interesting because, but as I when you know when I watched the match and and the final whistle blew, obviously it, the, the my immediate feeling was one of deep frustration. But after a few minutes, I sort of thought about it and I thought, you know, this these are the league leaders. Uh, okay, yes, they've had a recent blip, but you know they're up there for a reason. They've been they've been you know fantastic all season, very consistent, um, fantastic players, um, and they were just better than us. And that's you know that's the level we want to reach. But we gave them a good game. But Emery seems very keen to for Villa to to start moving quickly in in that direction. Um, he he's he's keen to to see Villa compete against to to, to compete more closely with with teams like Man City and Arsenal. Um, mm-hmm. And he was deeply frustrated after the game with how Villa played. He he, he obviously noted that um, he had a vision of how the game was going to go in, tra- in training. They were, they, were, they were working towards a certain pattern of play for the game, um, which he didn't see on the pitch, which is quite an interesting comment. So... Um, so yeah, I mean, from from my perspective and perhaps the perspective of other Villa fans, you look at that game and think it was a it was a positive, and maybe for Emery it kind of is because it gives him even more of a sense of, in terms of personnel at least, who he wants to keep and who he doesn't. But but it's interesting that I think from a, if you ask most Villa fans, they probably would say you know actually today wasn't a bad defeat, but for the manager himself, it, it actually sounds like it kind of was, which is just an mm. interesting parallel. And it's probably a good sign that the manager's willing to come up, call out the players, you know, in that way. And the thing is, you know, you compare it to Gerard, where when he called out the players, it felt a bit performative. The yeah. Acting like the alpha male, whereas with Uno Emery, I sort of just 
I just really feel like he knows what went wrong and he'll be able to rectify it. Yeah. Um, and so I, I, I genuinely think there's been real growth. Um, I thought, you know, if you think the la- we've lost three games in a row, one against Man City and one against Arsenal, the two top teams in the, in the Premier League. So, you know, you, you kind of accept that really with where we are at the moment. Mm. But the Leicester lost, yeah, that was frustrating. There were quite a lot of mistakes. But I think in those three games, I still feel like we're taking it to the other teams. Um, yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, f- f- first half against f- first half against City aside, yes, yes, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. In those games, you're right, yeah. But uh, but yeah, so I think I think there is there is genuine positive growth under Unai Emery, and yes, there's going to be real growing pains as we adapt to a new style, and it's going to take a while to get used to. But there's fixtures coming up now, you know, against teams like Everton, Palace, um, that you think. There's points there to be had. Um, Everton away will be tough, but there's other games, you know, coming up soon that you still sort of think you're like, surely Villa have wins in them there, or mm. you know, draws or wins. Um, but yeah, I thought today, I thought John McGinn was excellent. Yeah, really good, and I, I, I think he's been really good since the World Cup break. To be honest, he looks leaner, mm-hmm. fitter. I think that the role, you know, now finally he doesn't have to play in centre midfield as this kind of metronomic ball playing midfielder that he was supposed to be before because that's not his game. His game is to play either as a second striker, I think almost, or as a wide player, as somebody who just hassles and, you know, annoys the other team. And I think his work rate was was really good today. And I think he was, uh, there's a reason he stayed on the entire game, to be honest. Um, otherwise, I thought, uh, yeah, Bailey had those frustrations. I thought um, the second goal was excellent. Uh, both goals were excellent, to be honest. But the second goal particularly where I think you really saw the quality of Bubakar Kamara, where he got mm. the ball deep, pushed forward. He was patient, ball into Coutinho's feet, one-two, and he just waited and waited for Moreno to make that run. And then when he did, perfect weighted through ball. And then Moreno, you know, that's why we signed him, this, an attacking fullback, getting forward, lovely ball across. Buendia, genius to let it through his legs. And Coutinho with a real super finish, to be honest. Yeah, great, All great around finish. really good. And I think that's another, you know, those two goals we scored today are a real positive sign of what Villa can do. Um, you know, I, I hate to sort of go on about, well, if we sign this player in the summer and the personnel, but, you know, there will be signings and maybe some of them will be, you know, uh, Emery will see exactly what we need, you know, and whoever needs to come in and he's probably seeing who probably isn't quite right for him right now. Um, but for, for what we are right now, I think... Uh, Today was a good display. And um, as I said, we we're just now about Bubakar Kamara. I think, you know, I think he showed again his all round ability of just being a, a CDM who stops play, but then can also mm. progress at the pitch. It was that was that was quality, I thought. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think if you if if I can touch on Coutinho, yeah. Um a really, really good performance again from him today, uh, picking up from his sort of cameo. Uh, performance against Man City, where he, um, I think he, he had a shot which which Edison tipped onto the bar, and he was a great shot. Um, mm. You know, really dipping, dipping, showing his sort of ability, his class, and yeah, really good finish, and really good to see him playing into a bit of form now. Because it, because obviously when Emery took over, he's been out the team for a long time. It's, that was his first start in a number of games, so it's great mm. to see him doing well. I mean, he's obviously earning a a, a lot of money uh, at the moment, so. It's nice to see him justifying his 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 salary, um, and um, yeah, I hope I hope he's an integral part of the team going forward. Absolutely, John McGinn, 
great to see him playing. I think he's got a lot of hunger. He's got a lot to prove. He's been out of the team uh, for a stretch with injury. Mm. So for him to come back in and, and put in that, that, that level, that work rate was, was really, really good to see as well. Uh, and Ollie Watkins continues his prolific recent runs, four goals in four games now for him, really mm. underlining, you know, again, we said this before, why, uh, why uh, Emery decided to sell uh, Danny Ings. And a note as well about uh, John Duran, you know, coming on. Uh, he, he seems like a real, he seems like a real character. He's a bulldozer, like really. He is. He is. And mm. and for, for for nineteen, the confidence of of this kid, it's mm. it's incredible. You know, within a few minutes, he managed to 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 force a ball out of play. One Villa a, a, a throw in, and He's he like throwing his arms to the crowd, like, yeah, "Come yeah, on, yeah, lads, yeah, get the yeah, rave yeah. on!" It was just, it was just, yeah, it was really, really. It was really, really good to see. And, and he had a very good chance as well to, to win it. Obviously, lovely ball play forward through to him. I think, to be honest, I know there were people probably shouting for him to pass it across the two. I think it was Bailey alongside yeah. him. But, um, you know, well well within his rights to take the shot. But that could have been that could have been the difference. And to be honest, it was a game of, of those sorts of chances. You know, yeah. had Bailey's shot, which was very well saved by Ramsdale onto the, onto the woodwork, gone in we could be taught we could be having a very different conversation right now um as yeah. it was and then and then obviously that you know that was bad luck from us but from an arsenal perspective you know Jorginho's strike against the crossbar coming back off martinez's head that's mm-hmm. bad luck you know do you know what i mean it's 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 sometimes it's it's those moments that have obviously counted counted against us today um which mm-hmm. which sort of adds to the frustration but also makes me think well in the main we are an improving side we are a work in progress yes i can understand uh, Emery's frustrations that we weren't controlling the game as much as we should have been. We we didn't in large chunks, and both um, you know Arsenal's you know the goals Zinchenko scored was following a period of, of dominance from Arsenal. Uh, mm. The equaliser, the one all that they scored, Saka's goal came after a period of when we were again under the cosh, giving the ball away, that sort of thing. So I could completely get um, Emery's frustration. But as I say, we are a work in progress. We're not going to be able to play that way straight away it is going to take some time mm-hmm. and you know the, the sort of honeymoon period of when a new manager comes in is over you know we've lost three games on the bounce now and now it's about you know getting stuck in and working hard grafting on the training field and listening to what Emery says because we've said before he's a world-class manager we're lucky to have him I think the fans are right behind him they trust him um, and it's now down to the players to kind of facilitate that on the pitch and, and make sure they play the way he wants to play otherwise let's be honest they'll be they'll be out the door in the summer Mm, yeah um and i thought uh you know some of the complaints he had um some of the goals he conceded were a bit silly i think the first one um again it was ben white getting to the byline really good player ben white and um ming's heading it back into his own area he should have cleared it really um but also i think emmy martinez i sort of watched the replay and i couldn't see martinez screaming for the ball and that was Mm. martinez's ball really he should have been more vocal, I think maybe he did, and I didn't see it. But um, it what, was certain... what, what do you what do you make of Martinez? Because we talked about this yesterday, uh, yesterday yeah. last last program, last show. It was that it was the spicy question about Martinez's future. Yeah. Today we've had comments from Emery again post match talking about um, how he didn't he didn't like the fact Martinez went up for the for the corner at the end. He didn't like the time wasting, which Martinez was singularly guilty of. Mm-hmm. You know, there there seems to be this growing um, realization, I guess, that he doesn't see Martinez as Villa's goalkeeper. So I'm just curious 
you know what what you think mm. what do you reckon villa fans will think about uh, the martinez situation as, as things are at the moment yeah i think it's uh, i think i think he, i think he does see him as the as the villa keeper he has said enough positive things about him but i think certainly it's interesting that he's called that out that it, the um i, I didn't see the comment on time wasting but I, I have i did see the comment about um he d- he the, didn't uh, specifically mention martinez when he was talking about time wasting but okay. he did say he did say, uh, "I I didn't like the time wasting that was going on." That's and obviously, Martin, Mar- and yeah, Martinez. and obviously that that is that is a market because Martinez was booked for it, wasn't he? I so, think he's the only player I can remember doing that. To be honest, yeah, um, yeah I think, uh, and um, going up for the for the corner uh, at the right at the end because you know um, it is interesting that he called that out, really, and uh, you know I think if it's the case that Martinez went up without permission, that's mm. the kind of thing that I wonder, would a manager like Alex Ferguson, Guardiola, mm. Jurgen yeah. Klopp, Mourinho, would yeah. all those big managers tolerate a player sort of taking it off their own initiative and going to take such a risky move to mm. then make it 4-2? Because um, he, he did make a good point. He said, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not, as far as he's concerned, it's not worth that risk. But yeah, if Martinez did that off his own back because he felt that it was an opportunity for him to try and help us get the equaliser, and he didn't yeah. really care that we might concede, then that that is that is an issue. You know, you, you can't yeah. allow. You know, you know, players can't make those sorts of decisions off their own back. Like, so. well, yeah, like a yeah, and he, but he's a fantastic goalkeeper, and yeah, I think yeah. today was probably one of his weaker games. Actually, his mm. kicking was a bit. His delivery was bad. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was kind of. You know, quite a lot of those. He overhit quite a lot of them balls out to the, the fullbacks. Um, do, you so, re- do you reckon playing playing Arsenal got in his head a little bit? Uh, maybe for the for the coming up for the corner, maybe he had a bit of a thing in his head that he wanted to, you know, prove a point. Um, but I think I don't know, mate. I mean, some yeah, you don't know how it affects players. You know, playing against your ex team and you does it does it just yeah. So there is a more emotional resonance when you play against your former club, I guess. Mm. Um, I don't know. I just, I just think he probably had a bit of an off day compared to what compar- in comparison to his usual high standards. But you know, ultimately, I think uh, Arsenal are a, they're a very good side. Their periods of today, I thought they were excellent. But I thought Villa really stood up well to them for long, long periods. And just a fortuitous goal. That third goal really was the winner, and just a fortuitous goal that clinched it for them. And you know, maybe that's what helps them go on and win the Premier League title after City went and drew one-one with Forest. So, um, so yeah, I think there are, there's positives to take from this game, and we don't need to be too uh, too down in the dumps about it. But hopefully, we can get back to you know form and points uh, soon rather than later. All Villa, no filler on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Welcome back, everybody. Now it's time for this. George and I could be on the brink of a friendship crisis as I ask this, the ever controversial spicy question. And today, George, I ask you, how do you feel about Tyro Mings getting a new contract? Yeah, delighted, to be honest, which is something I I may not have said Um periods in his villa career i think i think perhaps a lot of villa fans might feel the same way perhaps they still they still do um but when that notification came through again a a, a announcement which was very much under wraps i had no idea that obviously this was all 
taking place and there were no rumors yeah. swirling around it was kind of you know there was the announcement and and that's it which is which is always quite nice to see hmm. a surprise um yeah fantastic i mean i think i think he's been excellent this season and it's incredible really this this of all seasons given the fact that at the very start he was stripped of the captaincy under steven gerrard gerrard essentially um telling everybody uh, that um, sure. he didn't trust him by doing that 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 he didn't rate him um you know yeah. he didn't uh, he, he, to to come to come back from that to have the season that he that he's had so far you know, mm-hmm. even in even in the games where we haven't played well, generally speaking, as a team, you look at Tara Mings and and you would say, um, as 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 an individual, his performances of of, of has actually been been very high, higher than a lot of the rest of the team. Um, and and conversely, it's 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 a show of faith in him by the new manager Unai Emery. Emery yes. clearly sees him as someone he wants to have around. Um, again, there may be some Villa fans thinking that we can upgrade on him and maybe we will in, in the next few seasons. Um, but I think if that is the case, Emery sees him as someone who he wants around, he wants in the dressing room, even if he's a, a squad player, a rotation player, he'll, he'll, he'll be trusting him for the next few years. And it also underlines like his loyalty to the club. You know, he joined us in 2019 um, after a period where he was highly rated, he went. He was at Bournemouth. Obviously, did very well at Ipswich. Uh, then was at Bournemouth and um, had a horrible injury, so he was out the Bournemouth side. And yeah, I think Eddie Howe, that. yeah, forget about that. Ed, Ed, Eddie Howe was, I think, re- re- quite reluctant, from what I can remember, mm. to let him go on loan initially, because I think he rated him quite highly. But obviously, he needed him to get some game time. And then he came to Villa, and and he was. Um, he was he was just fantastic. I mean, people talk about Jack Grealish being the figure who got us up that table and into the playoffs and ultimately up to the Premier League. But Mings was just as important from a defensive standpoint. You know, him and Twanzebi playing together as a centre-back partnership were critical, I think, as well as Grealish's influence further up the pitch to get us up that table and, and, and get us promoted. Um, so he's been part of the fabric he's been he's been part of that journey and similarly to 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 um john mcginn you know they've yeah. they've they've grown as the club have grown they've turned yeah. into very good players i, I know you know Ming, uh, mcginn's form in recent uh months hasn't been the best but you know up to up to that point in the premier league he was arguably our, one of our better players and he can still get I, I have full faith that under emery he can get back to it in fact under Emery's formations, him playing as a, as a wider player, a, a, a right midfielder, I think he has been in really good form. Mm. Um, so, and today, you know, he was he was brilliant again. But but yeah, both him and Mings, fantastic. And and yeah, I think I think the stats speak speak for themselves. I think there's 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 something something like ten percent. We we we've only ever won ten percent of games where Mings hasn't played, mm-hmm. and I think that goes to show just how important he is. I mean, yes. He does make the odd high-profile gaffe, and it's very unfortunate. And I think in this day and age, you know, with you know on, on Twitter, social media, the, the gaffes that he makes because they're quite high-profile, because they can be quite sort of dramatic in many ways. You know, I think yeah. I think about that that header back to Mason Mount. I think it was who <laughs> scored that goal for Chelsea, and there he was, sort of dumbstruck in that photo that was quite funny. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Do you know what I mean? They're, they're very memeable mistakes, yeah, 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 yeah. and they sort of stick in people's minds, but. The day to the day to day stuff, the, the sort of minute by minute stuff that he does in a match, 
is brilliant. I mean, he controls yeah. the game. He reads the game so well. He's calm under pressure. He may, he's, he's, he, generally speaking, he's very good with his decision-making. But we're lucky. We are genuinely lucky to have him. And I, and I think as, as good as he is a defender, he is a brilliant personality. You know, I, yeah, that's you know, a real sense as well. Yeah. So, sometimes, you know, football players on social media, they, they, it's, it's kind of, you know, copy and paste stuff. It's, you yeah. know, you know, we weren't good enough today. We go again next week, that sort of rubbish. Whereas Tyron Mings, you can tell it's him posting it. Same as, same as John McGinn, actually, like very funny, mm. very original, um, good characters, good personalities, um, winners. You talk about, you know, that that again, and John McGinn, their their rise, the fact they've come from small clubs and mm. they're now playing in the Premier League. They're now aiming for European football, as as we all are as a football team and supporters of Villa. That's what we're aiming for. And they've 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 come along with us. And um I think he's just such an important player. And yeah, just just so so happy that that he's committed to the club. He's 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 one of he's one of us now. And, um, you know, by the time this, con- I think it's about three and a half years, four year contract, he'll be in his mid thirties. So he's, he's not, he's not going, you know, he's, he's Villa is, is his club. It's where he'll spend the majority of his career as a football player. And I think it's great mm. that he's decided to do that with us. I really do. Yeah, completely. I, I think, uh, agree with a lot of what you said there. I think, um, you, you when you think back to when he came in into Villa in uh, January, 2019 ish, it was around then and, uh, midway through the promotion season basically and people forget you know dean smith came in after steve bruce and but we was there was definitely an improvement under dean smith but we were still leaking so many goals to the point where i thought we weren't going up that year again i was like mm. we just we're stuck in the championship like bloody middlesbrough or something forever mm. um but ming's coming in it was like a night and day night and day before and yeah. after when he came in um and uh yeah him and twins a really good partnership and so I obviously Jack Reed is just the headline grabber of that era of coming up and staying up. But Ty, without Tyrone Mings, I'd go as far as to say, I don't think we get promoted. And I also don't think we stay in the Premier League. Yeah. And I think that means he's one of the best signings we've made this century. Yeah. I think he's been a fantastic servant to Aston Villa. Yes, I understand that there are flaws to his game that probably stop him from, you know, reaching the absolute you know, Champions League clubs, because he has a lot of the attributes to be a player who is playing in a tournament like that. He started for England, you know, the first three games yeah. of the Euros, Absolutely. where he was excellent. No, yeah. nothing wrong, wrong there. Yeah. Um, and you could pair that to, you know, Rio Ferdinand before the tournament said he might be a weak link. Rio Ferdinand, in fairness to him, later apologised for that. But, you know, it's that kind of preconception that people had that he makes. He's made a couple of, like, mistakes that obviously you see those videos just as you said and people just assume oh he's rubbish and Leeds fans love to sing about him all the time don't they with that really grotesque song they sing about him uh about his his ability and you just think you know well the thing is like yeah he had one bad game against Leeds but ever since then he's been dominant against them yeah. and so you know it's yeah. so he's he sort of got them to just know the role and shut the mouth because a lot of the time, that's what he he does. Um, he he always Villa noticeably lack him when he's not there, and I think the City game was a good example of that. Um, is he the greatest defender of all time? No, but I think he is actually a much higher quality defender than a lot of people give him credit for, yeah. and uh, he's been a great asset to Aston Villa, both mm-hmm. on and off the pitch, as you mentioned, uh, and will continue to be so for the next few years. And look. 
You know, he's got this new contract, takes him to his mid-30s. He's 29. He's going to turn 30 in March. And, you know, in a year's time, who knows what happens this summer? But if Villa decide, actually, we're going to change things up again and we're going to have something different, well, then, you know, he, he brings in a, a, a good fee as well because there'd be a lot of clubs who would want to sign Tyrone Mings, yeah. um, an experienced Premier League player now. Um, so, yeah, I'm just really happy he's there. And it also is, you know, the, the biggest compliment you can give right now is that Unai Emery wants him to have a new contract. So that suggests that Unai Emery's seen enough on the pitch and off the pitch to think, I want this guy around. And you compare that to the alpha male ridiculousness of Gerard at the start of the season, stripping the cap to say, look me in the eye, all that sort of nonsense. And Ming's had the the mental kind of strength to overcome that those sort of setbacks, those very unnecessary setbacks, not self-inflicted at all, just the behaviour of a manager who, quite frankly, maybe he looks back on that now and regrets it. I hope he does. Um, he it's, should it's, do. It's, it's but... interesting, isn't it, with, with, with Mings, that in, with the last two managers, he's almost been at the centre of their downfall. You know, do you remember when Dean Smith was going through that spell where he wasn't winning games? And, yeah, and the Ming, five Ming's, games. To be fair, was, was making some mistakes. And he took Mings out of the squad. And it yeah. was a big, there was a big, well, out of the out of the starting the starting. against West Ham, wasn't it? Yeah. That's right. And, yeah. and, and, and ultimately, you know, his indecision over Mings and what to do with him you know, help help speed his downfall. And and obviously with, with Steven Gerrard as well at the start of the season, that was a mm. that was a real big error from on Steven Gerrard's behalf. And he never really quite won over Mings's trust as you as you would expect. And 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 that helped sort of spring bring about his end as well. The, so the thing was the thing yeah. as well to remember about that, Mings never sulked about it. No. Ever. No, no never no. came out whining about it Not in, publicly, in public. No. Um I'm no doubt he was disappointed. I'm sure he was. But you never got that sense off the pitch and you never got the sense on the pitch either because he ended up playing a lot because Carlos got injured anyway and then he he was brought back into the team as well. And um, he performed to a, to the exact same level that you always caught. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do it's, before. It's credit to him really. In a system that, quite frankly, didn't work because it was a Gerrard system, which absolutely sucked, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and now he's playing in a system that, um, yeah, we're leaking goals. It's more proactive. He's required to play the ball more around at the back. But that's something that um... I, I I don't think the goals conceded. I mean, yes, we've conceded a hatful of goals in recent games, like eight at home in the last three, isn't great. Um, yeah. But uh, but I don't think he's personally responsible for that. To be honest, I I haven't, no, I haven't really seen. No, I think it's seen it where he's he's at fault. I think it, I I mean other than yeah maybe Bukayo Saka's goal he, he could have headed it elsewhere, but it's uh, no I think he. Um... I think it's a system thing, I, and I you know I talked to. David Mooney off the Blue Moon Man City podcast last week. And he said he thinks Man City are more inconsistent than usual this season because they're adapting to having an actual number nine in Erling yeah. Haaland. Yes, so yeah. even the greatest teams like Man City, it they even they have to adapt. Even mm. they can't find that consistency straight away. And Uno Emery's only been there for three months, you know, and uh, in, in which one of those months we didn't even play because it was a World Cup. So, uh, you know, it's still it's still so early on in how in in his reign, and um, there's a whole new style that we're adapting to, and it is going to take time, and there are going to be growing pains. Um, but I certainly think we've seen enough to think that there's, there's some we we I can see what the aim is, and I can see what the plan is, and eventually, hopefully, it will come good. It's gonna it's not going to happen overnight, but um, the good thing is as well is that Tyra Mings is a part of that process. 
Okay, thank you everybody for listening. I've been your host, George Zielinski. Frankie, I will catch you later. See you in a bit, George, up the villa. Up the villa, and it is goodbye from me too. We'll be back again to review the Everton game. Big one, that one. Uh, but until then, come on, Super Aston Villa.